What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. This is former world champion boxer Showtime Sean Porter. Hey, this is Kobe Gibson. I'm Josh Creed. Hi, this is Joe Tate, voice of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you're listening to Sports Power Talk. You listen to Sports Power Talk. And keep listening, or it'll be wham with the right hand. Ladies and gentlemen, live from the University of Akron, WZIP Sports presents the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. No question, with all due respect. This is Sports Power Talk. With the latest in sports news. Your Akron Zips are the 2022 MAC champions. The Zips have defeated the Kent State Electric Chicken. In-depth analysis. Astrology for women is equal to what Joe Rogan is for men. <laughs> have you ever tried DMT? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the hottest takes. He's just bad. Let me tear your labrum and you can go on the You know what? <laughs> it's only a game. Why you have to be mad? Just the same old Browns! You know, bro. Home run pitch. I think that was textbook top cheese. Cleveland! This is for you! From the best that Ohio sports has to offer. To the best of the Akron Zips. Now, it's time for SPT. Ladies and gentlemen from Northeast Ohio and beyond, you're listening to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be live from the University of Akron. This is Sports Power Talk. My name is Jake Murrin, and I'll be the host of your show today. Of course, with every SPT, you can expect two voices alongside with me. First, he's one-third of the Hockey Talk podcast on SPT Overtime. He is the proud owner of Rushing the Cowboys. It is Casey Rush. <sighs> it feels good to not talk about the Cowboys, especially today. So I'm enjoying this hot summer day. How about you? Yeah, it's a beautiful day outside, Casey. And second, he made his SPT debut just one week ago. And I've never seen a man so eager to get back on the show as this man did it's the better of our two Logans up here at WZIP Sports. It is Logan Buchanan. Hey, 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 how we doing? The better of two, right, Logan? <laughs> better. Oh, you know it. Although, much we're respect well. to my boy Logan. Yeah. You know, much respect. There's, yeah. no, there's no beef between me and him, just Jake and him. Just yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll get there with Congrove, trust me. No, you'll, no. you'll get there. Oh, yeah. All right, well, usually on Sports Power Talk, we really try and address the three major sports being football, basketball, and baseball, but... Today's show is slightly different. We'll leave football conversations for our questions in hot mic later. So instead, we have an hour of both NBA and MLB conversations to have on today's show. Later on, we'll predict MLB division winners, the drama behind the Yankees organization, and if one of the best guardians on the roster should be traded, that will all take place in the second hour of the show, along with Hot Mike, where we answer all of your questions from our Twitter page at WZIP Sports. But we kick off today's show with the NBA playoffs. We'll break down the Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals, but we'll also rank the current eliminated teams in the NBA playoffs. But it's no, it's with no pleasure of mine that we start with the Heat and Celtic series and the 111-105 to Miami win in Game 2. The Heat outscored the Celtics 36-22 to in the fourth quarter. The Celtics were 10 for 35 from three-point range in Game 2 as well. Guys, I'll throw it to you. What do you make of this Game 2 win Jeez. for the Heat as the Heat now hold 
a 2 0 series Jake, lead. Jake, Jake, Jake. I, I said it last week. The Heat are playing team basketball. Yes, they are. Watching that game the other night, there were Heat players draining shots and making good shot selection. I never heard of. And you know what that tells me? That we're not sitting out there going, oh, where's Jimmy? Oh, where's Bam? Oh, where's Kyle Lowry? We're going, oh, where's my open teammate? And that is what makes a good playoff team. I've said it. The Heat are playing team basketball, and that's what's going to carry them. That is why the Celtics are losing so bad, even at home. Yeah, I absolutely agree. As Logan, you touched upon, they're playing like a team. That's why they're pulling off this Cinderella run. You have three Heat players finishing with 20-plus points with Jimmy Buckets, Butler with 27 points, Caleb Martin got 25 off the bench, and Bam Adebayo with 22. And Bam almost had a triple-double with 17 rebounds and 9 assists. And Logan, you, once again, you mentioned they play like a team through and through while mm-hmm. the Celtics relied on Jason Tatum. Yep. That was it. Grant Williams every every once in a while. But that is what we've seen it in the past with, with teams like uh, even even my favorite team, the Warriors, we weren't oh. playing as a team. We were looking towards certain role players right. to perform and just carry us. We can't do that in the playoffs. That's not a playoff team. Yeah, especially with Stephen Curry, you're just chucking him out on the floor and hoping he drains three after Listen three. But Miami was able to... Yeah, Jalen Brown couldn't do much of anything for the Celtics. He went one for five in the final quarter, while Miami outscored Boston 36-22 of 22 in said quarter. And Miami was able to take advantage of what was thrown at them. And here they are, two wins away from playing June basketball. Yeah, that they are. And that team brand of basketball that the Heat are playing with right now, both of you guys touched on it. It is very fascinating to watch this team play. And you look at the Celtics, who in Game 2 especially, down the stretch, they, of course, kind of threw a Hail Mary every Mm -hmm. single offensive possession just to get back in the Mm game. But every single Hail Mary was thrown to Jason Tatum. Yeah, and here's the thing. I I mean, you, you heard my rant last week about Jason Tatum. Sure, he puts up a record-breaking game, that's great and all. You can have as many records as you want. You can have the best stats, but if you don't win the games, it doesn't mean anything. Right. They're about to lose uh, probably 3 to nothing because guess what? The Heat haven't lost at home yet. So they're right. going to Miami, and we're looking at maybe a 4-0 going into the finals. That is my prediction right now, yeah, and I'm I very strongly... Your strong prediction is that the Heat are going to sweep the Celtics. 4-0, wow. yes. Yeah, I could see that happening as well. I I'm still Sanchez. holding out hope that the Celtics are going to win this series. Uh, but it is a very high uphill battle and, to climb. And right? you know what? I'm going to say it because it's no longer the underdog team. All right, if you're If you are a basketball fan, if you watch basketball, you can understand that there's something different about the Heat right now in the playoffs. Right. Maybe it's Heat culture. Maybe. And, I, and honestly, honestly, you can't say otherwise. Because they're proving it right now. They are. As much as we make fun of Logan, the the proof is right there. They're winning. Yeah. An eighth seed winning. Yeah. An eighth seed has never yeah, made Logan, it to the NBA Finals either. Yeah, Logan doesn't have to do the talking. The Heat are doing that right exactly. now. Exactly. Which I hate so much. I hate, with, I hate with everything I have that the Heat are being successful right now in the Eastern Conference Finals. And the fact that we're eight minutes into the show and I've already received four texts from Logan Cogrove and <laughs> without Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. That's the thing. You know, during the the full season, you know, I was still skeptical about the Heat. 
but they're proving it right now. And whether that is, you know, people say playoff Jimmy Butler, but honestly, it's the entire team's playing right. differently. Yeah, that yeah. they are. That they are. And in game two, I want to bring Grant Williams' mm. name into uh. the conversation. You kind of mentioned him there Ooh. slightly, Logan. So the Grant Williams beef with Jimmy Butler, if you haven't heard, if you didn't see what went down in game game two, Grant Williams butted heads with Jimmy Butler with six minutes and 25 seconds left in the game. Jimmy did the two small celebration to Williams on the very next play. And then on the very next play after that, Williams stared down at Jimmy when he made a bucket. Ugh. Before we get our reaction, Jimmy Butler spoke post-game on the incident. Mm-hmm. Butler here on being the player that other people just really shouldn't talk down upon. It makes me smile. It, it does. When when people talk to me, I'm like, okay, I know I'm, I'm a decent player if you want to talk to me out of everybody that you can talk to. But, um... I don't know. It's just it's just competition. I, I I do respect him though. He he's a big part of what they try to do. He switches. He can shoot the ball. Um, I just don't know if um I'm the best person to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> that audio, courtesy of NBA TV, the Miami Heat went on a 24 to nine run after that went down between Williams and Butler. And the biggest thing that I have to say is Grant Williams had a good game. He had a good game. He was hitting shots. But then you talk to Butler, and then you don't back it up after. They went eye-to-eye, and I'm not even against that. I love getting physical in the finals. Like, there's a lot on the line here. You should be that emotional. You should be that passionate about winning. But if you're going to do that, you better back it up. Jimmy got in his face as well, and then Jimmy backed it up. He was nailing shots in Grant Williams' face, whereas Grant Williams was starting to drop some bricks. Yeah. I don't if, know. if you do it, you have to back it up. Exactly. But exactly. you just shouldn't do it at all when it no. comes to a guy like Jimmy no. Butler. Yeah. And I get it. You have the lead at the time. You're feeling a certain type of way about the game. And you're down 1-0 in the series. You're playing at home. You have that ego behind you. You want to get into that altercation with Jimmy it Butler. Blinds. But that's not it blinds the you. guy that you want to poke mm-hmm. on, on no. the Heat roster. Uh, Shaq, no. they literally said you're poking the bear. Why are yeah, you poking the are. bear? It's Jimmy Butler. It's you Grant Williams. It's not even like it's Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Yeah. You're giving him way more credit than I would. This is the same guy that froze at the free throw line in the regular season right. against the Cavs when Donovan right. Mitchell made the slightest comment <laughs> towards him. Like Grant Williams isn't a household NBA name, yeah. and he's out there. I don't know if you can blame this loss entirely on him. I certainly wouldn't, but my goodness, you're oh, not it, supposed it, to do no. that, especially you, when you're a Grant Williams-type player. No. It, yeah, if there is one thing I've learned as a sports fan, it's to save the trash talking for after the game. Grant Williams obviously never had that lesson. And you, Jake, you touched upon it. He did the same thing back in March when the Celtics were playing the Cavs at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. Game was tied, and he looked at Spider right in the eyes, and he said, I'm going to make both free throws. And then, psh, <laughs> misses them both, and the Celtics would lose an OT. There's two things you never do. You yeah. don't tug on Superman's cape. Right. And you don't get in Jimmy Butler's face. No. Any of the Heat members' face. Because I'm, I'm telling you right now, with how they're playing, if he would have done that to a Kyle Lowry or literally anybody on the Heat, same same thing would have happened. I, I guarantee it, same thing would have happened. Yeah, just yeah. Jimmy Butler's not the guy that you do that to. No. And if, like, I'll say it again, if you're a Grant Williams type of player, if you're playing that role on the Boston Celtics team that's in the Eastern Conference Finals, that's not what, that's not what you no. do on the mm-hmm. court. 
you're there as a role player, a bench player, a Ooh. depth player for this team. You're not supposed to be getting into no. these type of altercations and, and helping the other team when yeah. that's just, of course, and not what you're supposed to Apparently, the head coach had said that he wants a more physical game. Mm-mm. I didn't see that much physicality besides that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the rebounding wasn't phenomenal. No. Their their defense was, like, they had good defense, but it wasn't the bully defense like the Heat have. Yeah, they didn't play a full 48 minutes. As a matter of fact, I got a message for Dream. For Grant Williams. Listen here, Grant Williams. You are not Draymond Green. Yes, Draymond Green may be the donkey of the NBA, but he at least has the talent and the reins to back up his saints. Williams, you need to take one good look at yourself in the mirror because right now, I'm, you wouldn't be seeing a winner. You'd be seeing Draymond Green without a ring. You'd, you'd be seen as Dylan Brooks, yes. essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that was a full Dylan Brooks yes. moment there from Grant Williams in <sighs> Game 2. Be seeing him in the foreign just, leagues here soon. Can I just add this too? Like yeah. the Miami Heat, they're playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. A lot of pressure going on on this team. They're of course an eight seed. They defied the odds against the Bucks. I think mm-hmm. they were favored in the series against the Knicks. Let's I be honest. I don't think so. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure they have been underdogs because they're still underdogs against the Celtics. If you look, yeah, they are yeah, still underdogs. They are. They're right still favored to lose. I'm telling you. The series I'm telling you. The, the amount of respect. Yeah that the Heat are not getting for this run is kind of disappointing. And I know. until they... I, I really feel like until they win the ring, they're still going to be looked at as underdogs. And that's a little disrespectful for what they've been doing. Underdogs, yes, but I think they are starting to get their respect. After know. sweeping the Celtics on the road in the first two games, they're winning still both at, games... I know they're still, they're still favored to lose a series, but... Telling you, man. I think they earned their respect by winning yeah, those two games in Boston. But where I was getting with that is all this pressure in the Eastern Conference Finals, the Miami Heat just look like they're having fun out there. Mm-hmm. And That's I'm not scary. sure if you guys saw the video. It is scary. I'm not sure if you guys saw the video that was on social media, but when Jimmy Butler entered the arena and he ran across Ernie from mm-hmm. NBA TV, like he was like, oh, he knows my name. He knows, like They're having fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what that watch, means? Watch a guy like Jason Tatum enter the arena in Game Three. He's going to be as I don't know, like as serious as yeah. it gets, as oh, yeah. even keeled as it gets. And you know what that means? We haven't seen the full amount of the heat. They haven't put no, their maybe, full force and, yet. And that's that's what's scary. That's yeah. a scary thought. And maybe that transitions when he gets to the locker room and they go out there on the court. But when you are in this high stress situation playing in the Eastern Conference Finals as the eight seed on the road and you're just walking into the arena with the biggest smile on your face, I mean, come on. It's a hard team to beat right now. It's a hard team to beat. Two ways you win. Team basketball and Mm -hmm. calm mentality. Don't get too stressed out. Don't get ahead of yourself. One game at a time, that's what they're doing. And that's why they've been winning. Yeah. And there's there's another cornerstone for this Miami Heat for this Miami Heat Cinderella run, and that's Eric Spolstra. There's a reason why the guy has made five NBA finals and winning two NBA titles. He has the talent right now with Jimmy Buckets and Bam Adebayo, and he knows how to use it. He convinces that said talent to work as a team, which is what Mm -hmm. we're seeing right now. He actually acts as a leader on the team and not some puppet for LeBron. He sculpted the (laughs) super team when it was a thing with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, and if one brick gets taken out, Eric is able to build around it and continue to move forward and build a winning team around one of the brightest stars in the NBA. So, inst- so Logan Congrove, I hope you're not just talking about Jimmy Buckets. Just give Eric Spolster the acknowledgement he deserves once and for all. I say give all the heat. 
all of them. Because yes. even because we talked about it with the Suns, the Heat's bench, like I said, right. they're knocking down shots just the same as Butler and Lowry, just the same. As I mentioned, yeah, as I mentioned before, Caleb Martin shooting twenty five off the bench in game two. They have a very deep bench, and like I said before, Eric Spolstra has the winning team, and I really think they could win the six games left that requires them to win the championship. They have it. I'm so disgusted by the first 17 minutes of today's show, gentlemen, (laughs) because I do not like talking positively about the Heat, but they do deserve it. Exactly. They do. They do deserve it. And one thing I want to address, though, when it comes to Logan Congrove, he keeps on telling people not to hop on the wagon now. Who is hopping on the wagon, man? I'm not. I'm just... like. I can say that the Heat are playing well. Doesn't mean I'm hopping on any type of wagon Listen, that he's making up in his what? head that the Heat I culture has, right? I might be. I, I'm what? telling you right now, with this playoff run, Heat culture and whatever that means, because you know, it. you ask anybody, it could mean something different. It's working. They have something that's working, whether that is the Heat culture or the coaching or the staff or just the players being good at what they do. They have something, and I'm starting to believe in it. When it comes to hopping on the wagon, though, I interpret that as rooting for the Heat. I am. Yeah. I okay, am rooting sure. for the so Heat right you, now. You are I'm totally just, on that wagon, yes. Logan. I'm just rooting for some good basketball here in this Final Four. I'm just And who's playing good basketball? Games. The Heat. Right. Yeah, you're you're not wrong, but jumping on the wagon is rooting for the Heat, which I guess you are, Logan. It's different to give the Heat respect or unfortunately say that that one thing that I'm not allowed to say on these airwaves is real. The culture is real. You you know it. It, I'm telling you right now, if they win the finals, even if you don't want to admit it, admit it, you will know in your heart that it's real. Yeah. We'll see if it happens, but it's not going to happen. I'm very confident about that. Oh, boy. Very strong likelihood. Give me a percent chance that the Heat win it all. The this percent year. chance. The percent chance. I'm gonna go sixty-five percent. Okay. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think I might go like. Actually, I'm gonna go a little bit lower, like sixty percent. Anything there's... over twenty percent is ludicrous. <laughs> well, according to you, because no, no, according to this... the Denver Nuggets, anything over twenty percent <laughs> is ludicrous. That, well, I'm not even. That's not even discouraging the Nuggets because they are no. also playing great basketball. I'm just saying, but you're giving the Miami Heat yes. sixty plus percent yes, of the I pie. Am. Yes, I and am. And then what? The other forty goes to Denver. Yes. Oh man, I totally disagree. With that. That's fine. You know what? I changed my mind. If it is Miami and Denver in the finals, I can see it isn't even fifty fifty. I'll give you that. I see it eighty twenty in I favor of Denver. I think no. you, are under, you are you are doing exactly what every team has done so far in underestimating the Heat. Sure. Yeah, you when are. it comes to the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals, they deserve to be underestimated. And they can get their flowers because they're the eight seed, making it to the finals, beating the n- number one seed in the Bucks, beating the number two seed in the Celtics, and then beating the Knicks the with number, the five seed. The I give them respect. The I give them Nuggets. their flowers for making the Eastern Conference Finals. They are the Eastern Conference champions. Good job for you. But guess what? You're not going to beat Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and everybody on that Nuggets roster in the NBA Finals. That's not going to happen. Logan Congress, since you're listening, can you clip that real quick? Just so we Go can ahead and clip it. Yes, clip it. <laughs> Go ahead clip and clip it. it. As Logan, as much as I hate you talking about heat culture, clip this and post it to Jake. Put it in his put it in his headphones so he can hear it twenty four seven. If the Heat end up winning the six remaining games, please do. The worst part is that if it does happen, which again twenty percent chance that it does, I'm not even going to be here to respond. Good. 
Good. Good. Good. Wow, Logan, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, because you're disrespecting. They're, you're disrespecting them. That's all I. I that's yeah. all I have to say. How am I disrespecting them? You're underestimating them, and you're doing you what keep, every team has done so far. How, I've literally given them their flowers for making that's, it as far as they have, yeah, and potentially make fine. it even further to the NBA Finals. But they're they're championship contenders. I feel like right I'm not now. alone Listen. in saying that the popular belief is that the Nuggets are the team to beat. Sure. And yeah. they have 80% of the pie when it comes to the chances of winning the NBA Finals. Sure, if you don't watch every single game. But you've got to watch every single game. And every single yeah. game has showcased yeah. that something special is happening with that eighth seed. And you don't even you don't need something to look special at the, happening You don't Denver? even need to look at the game. Look at the stats. The stats are right there. Yeah. They're on every single thing you see. It's on your phone. It's on your laptop. It's on TV. Just... Just look at the stats. It's unbelievable what the Heat have been doing. And guess what, Casey? The stats for the Denver Nuggets are that much better. So I, what? I don't know if that's true. I really don't. Because, like, here's the thing. The, the the Nuggets, of course, beat the Timberwolves. Yeah. Shocker. They beat the Timberwolves. Wow. Then they beat Phoenix, who didn't have a bench. They're beating Lakers, who don't have any defense, and their offense is starting to go away. Whereas the Heat beat the Bucks. The Knicks, well, who showed up against without Cleveland. Giannis at yeah, full health, with, and without yeah, two games Giannis of Giannis. Didn't, yeah, Giannis didn't even play one game, but that still doesn't still sugarcoat them, the fact that the Heat have been doing very well during their Cinderella run. But I'm still giving them respect for beating the Heat because I thought there was no chance that they would, even with Giannis, of course, leaving Game 1, out for Game 2 of that series. I still give them respect because Giannis coming back in Game 3, I think, I still had the Bucks winning that series. Of course, the Heat would go on and w- win that first-round series. But I like the way you were taking that, Logan, and saying that the Heat have played stronger competition in yes. the first round. Yes, they have, and the they've Nuggets. beaten I, that competition. And that's not a bad argument. I know. But the Denver Nuggets are the team to beat in the NBA right now. They are, and they the are. Heat are the team that's going to beat them. Uh, I'm just hoping that the NBA Finals between the Heat and the Nuggets is as good as advertised. That's all I hope for. for that's all I hope that's for. That's a seven-game series For a right good seven-game series, that's all I can hope for. I don't even know if it goes to seven. You're, you're ridiculous You're right ridiculous now. right now. You are right now. just... Really you are just... You're beating you so strong that you are it's discouraging not even that. the Heat. It, it's not it's even that. Look at it from a player standpoint. Who's better, the number one player, Jimmy Butler or Nikola Jokic? What did I, I just said? You don't have to look at the top player. You need to look at the team. And the team of the Denver Nuggets is better. That's where I'm getting at here. Who do you? I don't think, I don't think so. Nikola Jokic, you go to Jamal Murray, you go to Aaron Gordon. They have so, Michael Porter Jr., they mm-hmm. have so many guys on that Nuggets roster. Every single time I look at a stat sheet for the Denver Nuggets, you have at least two players scoring 25 plus, mm-hmm. and then four other guys who are scoring in double digits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I understand Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and Aaron Gordon, and all those players for the Nuggets, but for the Heat, you just pull random teams out of a hat, and other than Jimmy Butler, and that's who's going to have a good, that's, that's who's going to have a good night for you. But you have Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, right? And then what? I know you, I know Gabe Vincent had the, Game of his life, right, in Game 2. Or not Gabe, Caleb Martin, excuse me, scoring 25 points in Game 2 in that Heat win. Just, are you the Denver Nuggets who, have a deeper roster, and they're the team to beat in the NBA right now. I don't understand how you guys are giving 60-plus percent chance to the Heat when the Nuggets have the better roster, and hey, they're favored to win the NBA Finals right now. Hey, I changed mine to 50-50, okay? 
So I'm I just still even think saying that's, that. I still think that's crazy. I don't know, man. I mean, I I have been proven wrong every single step of this playoff series. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. Bucks were my were my finals prediction going to the finals against uh, probably the Nuggets. I think is what I said. Beat them. And of course, Phoenix. Yeah, you got Jamal Murray. You got Jokic, and then. These NBA playoffs have just been entertaining. That's all I could say. And all Cinderella stories come to an end right now, guys. I mean, if you look at, I don't know, March Madness, for example, Cinderella stories every single year in March Madness, how far do those Cinderella teams go? Sometimes they Listen. make it to the NCAA championship game, but they never win. Like, these Cinderella teams, those 15, 16 seeds, they win one, maybe two games, and... That's where we are at with the Heat. They might make the NBA Finals, but there's still work to do. And I think the Heat realized that. they this We're talking in absolutes here as if it's going to be a Nuggets-Heat Finals. And while that might be the popular opinion right now, they still have work to do against the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, against Jason Tatum, against Jalen Brown. And if those guys can figure it out and figure out how to play in the fourth quarter, Jason Tatum doesn't have a made field goal in the Eastern Conference Finals in the fourth quarter yet. If they can figure out those things, if they can correct that those errors, we could be talking about Nugget Celtics in the finals. I'm going to stop you right there And when it comes to Cinderella teams never winning the championship because as an avid hockey fan, if you remember 2012, the Los Angeles Kings did win the Stanley Cup. They were the number 8th seed. And this could be a Los Angeles 2012 Los Angeles Kings-style run for the Miami Heat. But, of course, you have to go past the Denver Nuggets, but... It's going to be a tall order, but, hey, it's going to be explosive. I don't see it. I don't even want to respond to you comparing NBA pro athletes to college March Madness players. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm comparing Cinderella stories to Cinderella stories. If there's any Cinderella story that's going to make it, it's the Heat in 2023. Yeah, huh? yeah, Cinderella stories are rare to come by, but when they do, it's extra special. Of course, it's not going to be special for you because it involves... You, what about uh, when the Cavs won the chip after being at a 3-1 disadvantage to a team who set the record for most wins in a season. That's a Cinderella story. Sure, in the finals itself, but yeah, they didn't the go finals. on a Cinderella run. Huh? It wasn't yeah, like their they were the road favorites. to the NBA say, title yeah, they was were the favorite Cinderella saying, story. Like, this can't happen. They were the number yeah, one They were the number one seed in the East last year. They And a lot of people were actually predicting the Warriors and Cavs rematch in the finals. I so feel like we're going to talk totally about the that. Heat. For like the next three hours. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how this show goes. If I were to break it down into percent chance to win the NBA title right now, I would give 70% to the Denver Nuggets, 20% to the Miami Heat, and the remaining 10% to the Boston Celtics. Because I'm not counting them out quite yet of the Eastern Conference Finals. I would be. You yeah, give 0% to Boston. I would, I, I would have- give... Less than one percent to Boston. Less than one. They have to. They have to play down at the three oh five starting tonight. I think. Yes. Which is game three. Yeah, and they've shown that the former American Airlines Arena, the KSR Center, is one of say a center is one of the toughest environments in all basketball. Yeah. When their fans show up in the third quarter. Hey. I don't think, hey, the Heat fans are not going to be leaving the building anytime soon. I don't know. Even Logan Congrove talks negatively about his hometown Heat fans, about how they show up in the arena. But, hey, we'll leave the Heat conversation there. I don't want to talk about the Heat anymore. When we come back from break, we'll talk 
about the Western Conference Finals, the red-hot Denver Nuggets, a team that, of course, is going to go on and win the NBA Finals. We'll talk about that and so much more. We're only getting started here on Sports Power Talk 88.1 WZIP. Welcome back to the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. You're tuning in to Sports Power Talk live from the University of Akron. My name is Jake Murn, the host of your show today. Today I'm joined by Casey Rush. No emergency alert system test is going to stop us now. Yeah, I guess we got cut off there in the first uh, segment. When that happens, when we're on air, guys, we have no idea what's going on. So we do apologize that you missed out on some of our heat slander, our heat whoa, praise. Whoa, if it was whoa. during our uh, heat praise, I'm happy that ours? it happened. If it was during Ours? our slander, I'm happy about it. Yeah, I guess it was just me. Casey, good point. <laughs> and second, making his second appearance on SBT, the better of our two Logans, Logan Buchanan. What's up, what's up, what's up? How are we feeling after that first segment? I, I feel Ooh. good. I just want to say, uh, Jake Marin Goat, the only reason we're disrespecting Jake is because he's disrespecting the heat. Yeah. Rightfully I'm, so. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I've had four out. I've had just like five hours of sleep last night getting ready for this show. I'm telling you what, after that segment, I don't need coffee because I am awake I'm now. A little, a little and I'm up ready. Right now. And I'm happy. <laughs> wow. wow. Get off the stage. Woo. All right, guys. Western Conference Finals, game three last night. The Nuggets won 119 to 108 to claim the 3 0 series Ooh. lead over the Lakers. The Nuggets outscored LA 35 to 26 in the fourth quarter. Jamal Murray going off as he has all postseason long, scored 30 of his 37 points in the first half. Nikola Jokic picking it up in the second half for the Nuggets. Guys, what do you make about the Nuggets so far in this Western Conference Finals? Finally, I could stop talking about the Heat and then finally talk about a team who I really want to win. And it's the Denver Nuggets. Jamal Murray continues right where he left off the game during the game with 37 points, and Jokic had a night in his own right with 24 points. And L.A. did what they have done the last three games, and that was lay a foundation for a comeback, but they've always fell short. The Lakers had 12 turnovers, while Denver only had five. And it takes one bad stat to kill your momentum, and it was the turnovers. And it didn't help that the Nuggets made literally half of their shots going 44 of 88 on on their field goals. For right now, the Lakers are in deep trouble. I just don't see them getting out of this pit. I mean, I said it earlier. The Nuggets are playing team, team, team basketball. I love, I love an AD putback or a LeBron dunk. But the problem with those shots, especially during that last game, is immediately following, you would have Murray, Caldwell Pope, Gordon, Jokic, or literally any other member of the Nuggets putting up more points. And because of that, the Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers defense was not there. It they wasn't. They were not playing because they were just allowing these fast break points. They were allowing these turnovers. Uh, just not playing like the playoffs. And we've seen this before. We've seen teams stop playing like they're in the playoffs. And it's really shocking, especially with a guy like LeBron on your team. You would think you're in playoff mode all right. season long. And before the game one tip-off, I heard one of the commentators say it's the best offense in the NBA versus the best defense in the NBA. The best offense I saw, where's the defense? Yeah. Where's the defense there? Because I didn't see a lot of off lot of defense there. Not with Jamal Murray 
and Jokic scoring 30, 30 plus and 20 plus on you every single game. I just don't see the best defense right now. And that's why the Lakers now have to win four straight just to get to the NBA Finals. Yeah, and if playoff LeBron James is not activated already, certainly the Lakers and the Lakers fans are hoping that that button gets pressed right now because they need it. They need to win those four straight games right now. And especially with LeBron James, I mean, they had the game in game two. Right. They had that game in their hands, and then Jamal Murray went off in the fourth quarter. LeBron James not really there much. Mm -hmm. And then in game three... You know you have a problem when LeBron James and Austin Reeves score the same amount of points. And that's no disrespect to Austin Reeves. It's all disrespect to LeBron James. It's all the disrespect to LeBron James. And I love me some LBJ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you're scoring 23 points, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and see what's going on with Mm -hmm. you and your team. You know there's something wrong with LeBron if he's scoring as many points as the third or fourth best player on his team. And he he contributed in other ways. He had 12 assists last night. Give him props there. But 23 points from LeBron James and then a must-win game. I think that's pretty fair to say after being down 2-0 going home. And now they're forced to win four straight. Is this series all but over? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yes. Because keep in mind... Both of these teams going in were undefeated at home in the playoffs. This was the Lakers' first loss this postseason at Crypto.com Arena. It should still be Staples Center, but I don't make the rules. <laughs> yeah, and they've made it, and the Nuggets were able to perform in front of one of the toughest fan bases in all of the NBA, and I just don't see the Denver Nuggets slowing down anytime soon. Now with Murray... Not with Murray performing at a high level. Not with Jokic performing at a high level. And not without the supporting actors doing whatever they can to help support Murray and Jokic. I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, you never say never, especially uh, in sports, because they could go on a 4 nothing lead all of a sudden. Possibly. Just boom. And especially um, with a team that has LeBron James well, on. I know we kind of... Yeah. That's what I was going to get onto. The only way I can see the Lakers winning even just a game in this series is if they snap into it because yeah. they just need to I, I feel like they're not they're either too stressed out or they're too calm. It's one of the two and they need to snap out of it because they're making bad shots uh, shot selection I should say and not making shots and just some of the choices they're making defensively it looks like a team who's never been in this position before and when you have guys like AD, D'Lo and LeBron James on your team and you're not playing like a playoff team it's it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. And one other way to look at it, too, you mentioned the personnel on both teams and think how it's kind of weird that the Lakers are not playing that playoff basketball mm-hmm. right now when they need to in the Western Conference mm-hmm. Finals, right? Another way to look at it, though, Mike Malone, Darvin Ham. Who would you take? I mean, Mike Malone is one of the best coaches in the NBA, and he's showing what he's doing with this team in Denver. And you have Darvin Ham, who is one of these Laker head coaches and the carousel of coaches that they've had in the LeBron James tenure with L.A. I mean, the what the and that's shown in this NBA playoffs. The best coached team is proving it right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You'll, you're seeing it with the Miami Heat and Eric Spolstra, and you're seeing it in the Western Conference as well with Mike Malone and the Denver Nuggets. And, and, you know, I won't even fully put it on the coaches because we've talked about it on these airways before about how teams just like to fire their coach after a loss uh, yeah. in the finals. And 
I mean, honestly, it's it's a combination between just basketball IQ on your bench and on your starters plus a good coach behind you is what is putting these teams that I'm saying is playing team basketball ahead of each other. If you look, even look at uh, Miami's uh, coaches, they, they are one of the top coaches in the NBA right now yep. because they know how to play their players, they know how to adapt to different situations, and they know how to win. That's it. Yeah. And I talked about earlier with Eric Spolstra using all the talent, and especially with Malone, with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, he knows how to use the two shining stars on his team. And I just... And Denver has shown why they're one of the more dangerous teams in the NBA right now. And I can totally see Denver winning that Game 7, as I mentioned, the seven-game series. And... It's that. I just yeah. can't wait to see. Yeah. I mean, the, the the teams right now in the NBA playoffs that are the most well-coached and the teams that have the deepest rosters are going far, and maybe that's the new age of the NBA right now, having a deep team rather than a star-studded I'm so team, sick you know? of star teams. So yeah. sick of it. Well, we saw in the Suns, we mm-hmm. kind of see it here in the Lakers, and both those teams could be sitting on their couches they by could, tomorrow exactly. night in Game well, Four exactly. in the Lakers. Well, the Suns are right now, but the right. Lakers—they're one, but they're one loss away from doing if, that. If you want to win the playoffs, you cannot rely on one, two, maybe even three guys. You need to play team basketball. Right, yeah. the, right. The Cavaliers didn't do that in 2018. Look at what happened. The Cavs this year, the yeah. Sixers this right. year, the Warriors this year, the Celtics this year. Because it's going to happen. They're going to rely too heavily mm-hmm. on Jason Tatum, and the Lakers right now are relying too heavily on AD and LeBron. Yeah, I hate to say it, but you need more than one person on your team Absolutely. to perform. And as a matter of fact, you need more than five. I know you can only have five players on the court at one time, but everybody needs to do their part. Absolutely. On the bench and on the court. That's it. Yeah, well put, Casey. And I'm pretty confident in saying Nuggets in five. Like I would even say Nuggets in possibly four. Po- yeah, possibly I would not four. be surprised I, if they win game four yeah. on the road. But it, I think if the Lakers win game four... This series goes back to Denver. I don't yeah. know if the Lakers oh, yeah. escape Denver Mm-mm, with the yeah. win in Game 5. I could totally see 4 or 5 coming out of that series. But could you imagine if the Lakers win Game 4, they go on the road, they win Game 5, then we're talking about a 3-2 series going back to L.A. for Game 6? I mean, give me that storyline. At this point, you're just giving ammo to the people who believe the NBA is rigged. Let's be real. That'd be a killer script. Yes, it would. <laughs> exactly, Logan. See, that's what yeah, I'm saying. You, you could put, yeah, you could ship that off to Disney tomorrow if that <laughs> happens, based on a true story. Another little Mickey ring? Is that what you're saying? You're just <laughs> ship it to Disney? Yeah. Another little Mickey ring? Yeah, but this time it actually goes to Disney instead of, instead of just LeBron. Hey, I, I would love to see it. Just give me more LeBron James in the playoffs. That's all I really ask for. Extend the series beyond Game Four. Potentially being able to do so after Game Five, I'm there for that entertainment this this next week in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. But with these finals going on in both conferences, the NBA Finals are on the horizon. We're getting there. <laughs> Four teams left. We're almost down to two. And this is going to be our around the room question of the week, of course, where we debate around the table and bring it to you via our Twitter page at WZIP Sports. And that question is, what is your dream matchup 
for the NBA Finals. Throw away the series leads for both teams. Your dream matchup. There's four possible combinations. Those are going to be our four options in the poll. Mm-hmm. I'll get that ready when you guys answer. But what is your dream matchup this year? At this point, right now, you know what? I don't care I'm throwing in the leads. It's Miami versus Denver. Because if you think about it, you got Jimmy Butler. You got Bam Adebayo on one on one side. And then you got Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray on the other. You have all this talent. And either one, either Jimmy Butler or Jamal Murray is going to or Nikola Jokic and Bam Adebayo is going to walk out of here with a ring. I can't wait to see that series if it happens, which it's very possible. Mm. Nuggets heat the dream matchup for the NBA Finals for Casey Rush. Logan Buchanan. Yeah, I'm going to say um, we kind of already have it right now, but I still want more respect on it. All four members, five members, all four teams right now were the same teams that fought in the bubble. Right. In, in the in the in the conference finals and then into the finals, my dream matchup would be Lakers Heat, just so we can put a stamp on that that finals that 2022 finals and that championship wasn't a fluke. It wasn't everything that everyone's been saying. You know, little Mickey ring or Heat don't deserve it. Heat uh, aren't that team that should be a finals team. Lake that Lakers team shouldn't be it. I think it would finally put a stamp on that. Do I think Lakers heat? Not really. But (laughs) it would be kind of cool to get that stamp and just finally put that argument to rest. Well, that's interesting. Keep that in mind for your dream matchup, Logan, here in a little bit. My dream matchup, though, and I think I speak for the people here. I think this is going to be the answer that most people vote for for around the room. You know, there are some Heat fans here. They'll vote for the Heat in whatever dream matchup they have. But my dream matchup, it's Lakers-Celtics, guys. Wrong. No. You're wrong. That's the nightmare That's scenario. my most dreadful. That is my most dreadful. You're just How gonna, is that most dreadful? The history this behind is, that the, this, is the rating, this is the ratings NBA Finals you're talking about right the now. The history means nothing to me right now because it's the least interesting matchup. You get, oh, LeBron's going to have another ring. Great. His legacy means it literally does not matter whether he wins this ring or not. It doesn't. His legacy is set in stone. Yeah, I'm not saying that at all. And then you get, oh, Jason Tatum gets a ring. Yay. Oh, Grant Williams gets a ring. Yay. I don't care. I don't care. I don't. It it is not interesting at all. Grant Williams. What? I don't. I was the first name that came into my head after Jason Tatum because I didn't want to just say Jalen Brown. No, I don't care about. I don't care about the Celtics, Jake. They don't deserve this. We don't want another Draymond Green with a ring. We already have one. We don't need another. You saying that the Lakers Celtics is a dream finals? No, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. It's nightmare. I think I'd rather be haunted by Freddy Krueger in my dreams. That's like you going, you know what? I would really love to see Tom Brady win another ring. Who cares? Who cares? No one cares. No one wants that. No one. I don't care how much history the Lakers and Celtics have. Good for them. They can have that during the the actual season. Don't care about the playoffs, though, especially with those teams. Let me say this. You guys are probably going to call me out for saying this as well. But... The history, sure. If you're not taking my point on history, let me give you this point, okay? I mean, Lakers Celtics NBA Finals. I mean, would likely be the most competitive matchup of the possible NBA Finals matchup. You're right ridiculous. Now. You are ridiculous. I know. Listen, I can agree with you on a history standpoint, but you're just going to awaken two of the worst fan bases in all the NBA. Give me the drama. I'm no! here for the drama. My team's not in it anymore. We have enough drama as it is in this NBA. I just think that's the most competitive series. 
I think if the Nuggets are in the NBA Finals, they are going to win that series, whether it's against the Celtics or against the Heat, in five or six games. There's enough drama between you and Logan Congrove. We don't need much more drama across America with Boston and L.A. I'm going not, against each yeah, other. I'm not disrespecting the Heat by saying this. I just, well, kind of am because I don't think the Heat would be very competitive against the Nuggets. And that's your blindness. You, I said it earlier. You're blind because of your hate for the Heat no, and Logan I'm Congrove. No, I'm giving the you Heat You are so respect. blind. You saying it's not competitive is blind, Jacob. Okay. And blind. Jake, Logan, and Jake, I'm not, not, okay, I'm not disrespecting the Heat here. What I'm doing, I'm doing the... The opposite for the Nuggets. That's what I'm doing, okay? I'm giving the Nuggets so much praise because I'm saying the Nuggets are unbeatable in the NBA Finals. And that's what I'm saying. I think the Heat, like, I'm not saying the Nuggets are going to blow them out in five or six games, make it look easy. I'm saying the Nuggets are going to win in the NBA Finals against Miami Heat if that's the matchup in five or six games, likely win games by a close margin, lose a game or two at Miami, and they're going to win. And Jake, like, I just think there's no other way that this story ends. And Jake Murnigoat, I see you on Twitter. Lakers and Celtics will get so many views. Yeah, because the because ESPN would love that. It's the ratings dream. It's, the, it's a dream matchup for ESPN, not for us. It is. Bro. I want to see it a new. Is. I want to see a new one. I want to see a matchup. new guy. I want to see a new guy get a ring. Whether it's Jamal Murray, whether it's Jimmy Butler. I don't care. I just want to see somebody new hoist up the Larry O'Brien trophy. Everybody on the Celtics, man. I don't care. Yeah, but everybody You're gonna on the Celtics. Awaken the Celt- it's going to awaken the Celtics fans. It's going to awaken them. And sure. if the Lakers and the Lakers pull off the reverse sweep and win the championship, it's going to be just as chaotic. They will not shut up. Do you not understand, Jake Martin? Look, the last thing I want is for the town and the city of Boston to have another ring, okay? No! When it comes to the dream NBA Finals matchup, it's the Lakers and Celtics. Boston is the spoiled child Let me leave it at this, okay? Around the Rue, the poll is on our Twitter page. It is live right now. Let us know what your dream matchup is for this year's NBA Finals. And prove me right, everybody. Like, just go over there. Vote Lakers-Celtics. Prove them wrong. It takes two seconds. A bunch of casuals if you say Lakers-Celtics. Casual fans. Casuals. Casuals. Nope. Well, (laughs) give us Miami and Denver. Rate us of two annoying fan bases and just give us one fan base and just give us one annoying fan and and one pleasing-looking fan base. Give us Miami and Denver. Do not give us Boston and Lakers. NBA, I know you want to, but just don't. Interesting. Logan, this is a very uh, a funny situation we're in here because your dream matchup is my most dreaded matchup, and my dream matchup is your most dreaded matchup. It's mine as well. Your most dreaded matchup is Lakers-Celtics? Yes, my most dreaded matchup is Lakers and Celtics. Listen, on a history standpoint, that's fine. You get to see one of them and the 18th title debate once and for all. But at the other side is two fan bases that no matter who wins will never shut up. That is what we're seeing with Boston and with Boston and LA. But Miami and Denver, please. It'll be just, I'm sure it'll get just as good as ratings as Boston and LA. You get to see Jimmy Butler versus Jamal Murray. You get to see one of them walk out, walk out of the arena with a ring. What a time to be alive if that happens. 
Well, my most dreaded matchup is Lakers Heat. Because, yeah. and this kind of gets into my Miami bias, guys. I don't want to see the Heat in the finals under any circumstance whatsoever, but well, the Heat mainly- would actually have a chance to win if they played the Lakers. That, the finals. Yeah, well, that's mainly because of one person. I just want an entertaining NBA Finals and not have to root against anyone. And I don't hate Miami as much as you do, obviously, with because sure. of Logan Congrove in the other room. But uh, at the end of the day, you got a good Cinderella story versus a team that has not even made the finals in their history go on and try to win a championship on their first attempt. This is why I want Miami and Denver in the NBA Finals. That's why. Logan? I, I, I have nothing to say at this point. Like I, I, There's nothing more I can say to convince you of the absolute disrespect you are showing to the Heat <laughs> yes. right now. You know how many good things I said about the Heat in the first 15 minutes That's of fantastic. the show? That's fantastic. You can That's say awesome. as many good things you You're want, making but progress. the disrespect is so real. And I'm, like, I'm not even as big of a Heat fan, but what they're doing right now, you can't say that they wouldn't have a... You, you, your words, you said they wouldn't be as competitive. And I think that is blasphemy because I see them going to a seven-game series at the minimum against the Nuggets. I don't think yeah. they would be competitive against the Nuggets. That's correct. But I've said, like, the most competitive matchup in the NBA Finals right now is Lakers-Celtics. I think you're wrong. Well, but, yeah. just, I, any way I look at it, if the Nuggets well, make the NBA Finals, which we're all predicting and I think a lot of people out there think is going to happen because they're up 3-0, of course, I think the Nuggets are the team to beat. I'm not, I, I'm I'm not, not they're going to win the I'm finals. not even looking at competitiveness here. I, this is my nightmare matchup because of toxicity. Between the two fan bases. And that's, that's why that's my nightmare matchup. And that's a fine take. That's a fine take. But when it comes to LeBron James versus Jason Tatum, give that to me all day. In the NBA Finals, I would love to see it. And then, sure, my heat bias does come into effect with my most dreaded matchup. Because the Heat, go. Lakers, the Heat, I might, I might favor the Heat against the Lakers in the NBA Finals. That's why it's my most dreaded matchup. Let's move on, though. Our predicted matchup. I think we can all agree on this one. Nuggets heat. Yeah, Nuggets Celtics. Exactly what Logan said. Casey, any thoughts? Nuggets heat. Thank you. Thank you, Casey. Thank you. You're welcome. Why do you guys think Nuggets heat? Because Miami right now is just looking unstoppable, and so is Denver. Because right now, this is my dream matchup, and I think it's going to be an exciting matchup. They either go six or seven games. Give me Miami and Denver in the 2023 NBA Finals presented by YouTube TV. <laughs> Give it to me. There's only so many times I can say that these teams are playing team basketball. And unless somehow we get a Lakers miracle story or the Celtics start realizing, oh, we can't just throw it to Tatum every single time. Yeah. Then maybe they have a chance. But honestly, no other team like these two are playing team basketball. With no. the coaching behind them, with the fans behind them, it's impossible. Right. Give me Nugget Celtics. <laughs> the eye roll I just got from Logan Buchanan, everybody. <laughs> Why? Give me, I'm starting to understand Logan's takes against you, yep. Jake. I really <laughs> am. Okay, it's kind of hurt. It's like, okay. The past, I'll admit this, okay? The past 10 minutes, I've been slightly a troll. Okay? <laughs> yes, you have. I'll give you that. With my most dreaded matchup, and with my predicted matchup, I've been slightly a troll. With my most 
or with my dream matchup for around the room, I that is my dream matchup. It is Lakers Celtics. That is what it is. As much as I I don't want to hear Logan Congrove, I got to give credit where credit is due to the Miami Heat. That's all yeah. I'm gonna say. And I'm I'm giving them credit as well. I just think every Cinderella run ends when you get to a certain point, and that point is the Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. But my predicted matchup, like, I don't know. If somebody was not watching the NBA playoffs right now, and they tuned into our show, and they've been listening for the past 56 minutes, I think they would have thought that the Celtics were down 3-0. Listen, competitively... I think all four potential final NBA Finals matchups are good. I'm just basing my I'm just basing my dream matchup based on toxicity of the fan base. And right now, the least toxic right now is Miami and Denver. That's all, all I'm right. saying. That's fair. It's going to be a very entertaining around the root question this week to monitor. Going what you just said, they might as well be three zero because they are going into Miami two nothing with this Celtics team. That's not even playing like a team. No way. They might as yep. well be. And that's that's a fine take, Logan. But what I'm saying is they're down 2-0. It's not 3-0. And if the Celtics pull off a win tonight, I mean, no. the conversation no. around this series might flip. No. It might. With a win tonight in, in Miami, it might flip. We'll see what happens tonight even if you, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Even if you win, even if you win game three tonight... I still think you got to win Game Four just to have a chance. You got to you got to steal both games in Miami because if you don't, I think you're pretty much done. Sure, that's not a bad point. But then you go back to Boston, you win that one. Where they and then just three lost. two. I mean, sure. And and the the Boston Celtics have been miserable at home mm-hmm. this postseason. They're four and five on their home court in the postseason, which is terrible. But it also proves that the Boston Celtics are very good on the road this postseason. Which are where the next two games are being played and the, in the Eastern and Conference. The Heat Finals. are very yeah. good at home. Six the and Heat nothing. are good at home. Yeah, every the Celtics most, are not. Most teams are good at home in the postseason. Unfortunately, not the Celtics. The Celtics, not the Celtics. The Celtics are That's not one of them. The Celtics are not one of them. But the Celtics have beaten other teams that have been equally as good at home as the Miami Heat. That's what I'm saying. I just don't see it happening, Jake. I hate to say it for your sanity and for your sake. I just don't see. I just don't see the Celtics surviving. I just don't. I'm not counting them out. I'm not counting them out. And I clip this off, Logan, because I could very well see the Heat making the finals right now. I think they have. We were talking about percents in the first segment, right? Mm-hmm. Where I was give that the last. I would hour? give the Heat. 60, 65% chance to make the finals right now. Is that that bad? Yes. Like, I'm giving them credit. I am giving them credit. I'm saying that, in my opinion, like, stat maker, like, statisticians and odds makers still favor the Celtics to win this series. I am saying on the air right now that I'm giving the Heat a 60, 65% chance to make it to the you're NBA. Covering finals. your tail, that's what you're doing. I'm not. I'm not. Yes, you are. You're just you're just <laughs> trying to look good for Logan right now. At this at this last hour, that's all you've been. No, trying to what do. I'm trying to do is the first 15 minutes of today's show. I was giving all the respect to the Miami Heat, and then you know we 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 talked about the Miami Heat a little bit further, and then I, I don't know. I'm just. I just feel like I'm not discrediting the Heat as much as you guys are making it out to be. 
That'll do it for our NBA conversations on today's show. And thank goodness for that. When we come back from break, we're going to kick off the second hour of today's show the best way possible with Hot Mike answering all your questions on Twitter at WZIP Sports before we get into the best sport in the world, baseball. Don't go anywhere. You're tuning in to Sports Power Talk. Good everyone, and welcome back to the best sports talk show there is, was, and ever will be. This is Sports Power Talk live from the University of Akron. My name is Jake Murn, the host of your show. Today I'm joined by Casey Rush. <sighs> it's finally time to stop talking about the heat. Let's talk some baseball, please. Yes, NBA playoffs in the past. We had a rowdy first hour talking about both the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. If you missed it, of course. You can listen to it all, SBT Rewind, when that's available on any podcast platform of choice. Go listen back to that stacked first hour of the show. And joining me as well on today's show, somebody that I made very upset in the first hour, Logan Buchanan. Hello. I'm, I'm really hoping that, that baseball <laughs> brightens my mood here. It was a very nice day, Jake. And with all this slander that I'm not going to bring up because it's in the past now, it's in the I'm a little past. down. I'm a little down. So... Gotta get some, gotta get some hype, hot mic questions going. Yes, and what a better way to build hype and change moods here on one on Sports Power Talk than with hot mic. <laughs> Let's get right into your questions from our Twitter page at WZIP Sports as we do every single week on these airwaves. And we start with a whole lot of Jake Mernigo questions, guys. Oh, Let's run yeah, through them. Wonderful. <laughs> He's wow. been roasting me on Twitter this past hour. Okay? <laughs> yeah, rightfully so. That's your rightfully so. Rightfully so. All right, let's get into him. Jake Murnigoat asks, a, are bandwagon fans the worst type of fan? It depends. It depends on if the bandwagon fans sh- jump from team to team. Yes. But if the bandwagon fans... Bandwagon but if you see a sport, but if you see a sports fan, they don't cheer for any team, but then they stick with that one winning team but they stick with it through thick and thin, mm-hmm. then I say they're okay. Yeah. I, bandwagoners, it's such a hard thing to even label. Because I've been labeled a bandwagoner for being a Warriors fan, but I've been a Warriors fan since, like, 09. Right. Like, yeah, the team got good. And even even then, whenever they face, like, the Cavs, I root for the Cavs. So am I a bandwagoner? Because I, I don't like my own team all the time? Like, I, I it's a hard question to answer. Yeah, if you're wondering why I'm part of the Steelers fandom, you can blame my dad and his brothers. Because back in the 70s, when, during the Steel Curtain days, they saw, all three of them saw a lot of the Steelers. But unlike most bandwagoners, they they stuck with the team through thick and thin. They've been fans ever since. And that's why, and that's why I'm a Steelers fan. And it's part of my blood. And I'm going to stick with the team through thick and thin. That's all it is. Sounds to me like Logan Buchanan's fandom of NBA teams are more complicated than my Baker Mayfield fandom. Because <laughs> I just hop to whatever NFL team Baker Mayfield plays on, and that becomes my favorite NFL team. I'm a Bucks fan right now. No, Let's there's go. no, no, no. Is that the worst bandwagon? No, you're not a bandwagon fan if you. No, you're not a bandwagon fan if you stick with one player. If as long as you stick with one player yeah. well, or one that, team, then I'd say you're okay. Well, well Jake Murdergoat is asking, what's the worst? type of sports fan, and if it is bandwagon fans, I'm saying is being a Baker Mayfield fan worse. I don't even know if bandwagoner fans are the worst. Yeah, you're right, because Pittsburgh Steelers fans are the worst. (laughs) 
direct shot at both Casey Rush and Pat Weber, by the way. I am right here. <laughs> Casey, I, th- I do not care. I, you know what Pittsburgh the worst, you know what the worst, fans, worst are the fans are? It's the ones that go to the bird bath for the Orioles games. Those are the, <laughs> the bird bath for the Orioles games. Well, that's a, direct, a, that's a direct shot from... Uh, I'm pretty... You, now you're just going to get Jake Murn to go to roast you on Twitter good, even good. more. Would you sit in the bird bath section, Casey? Do you uh, know what it is? Uh, I'm out. I'm I don't want to visit Baltimore anytime soon and go to a Orioles or Ravens game. But explain it off. Mike. Well, do you know what the, so the bird bath section of Orioles Stadium is designated? Explain it. Dumb. Explain. Okay, it so when the Orioles hit an extra base right. hit, like their dugout would always go to the sprinkler. They put water in their mouth and then spew it out as a sprinkler when they would get an extra base hit. <clears throat> now they have a designated section oh, in their God. stadium. $20 tickets this season. You sit in that seat. Whenever the Orioles get an extra base hit, you get sprayed with water. It's dumb. Yeah, no, it's dumb. Yeah, no thanks. I'm going to get my upper deck tickets and who, call it a day. Who wants who wants to be wet sitting at a baseball game? That's The sun will dry you out. Yeah, but you're sitting there and like... How, what if they go on a huge run? Then you're just getting constantly sprayed with water. This is bad. I don't want to sit in like wet seats watching baseball. I want to well, be comfortable. If you're a true Orioles fan, you're sitting in the bird I'm not bath. A true if Orioles I wanted, fan. Well, I'm not, <laughs> if I wanted, if I wanted to get sprayed, I would go to Cedar Point and ride Thunder Canyon multiple, multiple times. I'm just gonna say that. I think it's cool. Logan didn't want a wet hot dog. I don't. No, I don't. All right, yeah. So Pittsburgh Steelers fans are the worst sports fan. We we decided that. Let's move on. Jimmy Butler is one of the best playoff performers of all time, yes or no? Yes. Yes. He's getting there. He's getting there. But I wouldn't even say getting there. I mean, he's top three, 100%. Yeah, he is top three, but until – but I want to see Jimmy – but until Jimmy Butler gets a ring, then – I respect that answer. I 100% respect that answer. Until Jimmy Butler gets a ring, then – if he gets a ring, he shoots up in the top three. Mm-hmm. Look, the question is phrased, is one of the best playoff performers of all time? I agree with that statement. Yeah. Yes, I, I agree. See? See? Finally, some agreement. See? No, not only agreement, but some heat love out of Jake. Okay? Only, you're, you're, you're Jimmy, took, don't even lie. You're Jimmy Butler loving, not heat loving. Only took an hour. Oh, they go hand in hand. <laughs> not on. always. Not always. Come on. Well, First player that comes to mind when I say Detroit Tigers. Miguel Cabrera is mine. I'm going to go Matthew Boyd. I think he's their pitcher right now. Yeah, it's got to be Miguel Cabrera, even though he wasn't originally on the Tigers, but he did become a member of the Tigers, and he's still one of the few players on the from the Tigers organization. I don't know much about the Tigers, so I just went with the first one that I remember. <laughs> I mean, the only Detroit Tiger I knew is Miguel Cabrera. Ah, that, was it. that makes sense. I'll answer one more from Jake Murnigo. Are the Heat better without Tyler Hero? Uh, like I... Like I said before, Eric Spolstra is able to build a winning team no matter who gets taken out. And Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and whoever was on the Heat bench will continue to step up like they like they've done throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I I couldn't I couldn't really say better or worse without Tyler Hero because they are able to adapt so well that it has been kind of a flawless um, transition between Tyler Hero playing and him not. So. Uh, yeah. Something to be said for Eric Spolstra and what he does. Yeah, absolutely. Team, right, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I think Tyler Hero is such a unique skill set. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, a lot of people have his skill set, but not a lot of people have his skill set on the current Miami Heat roster. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. In sense. terms of the shot-making ability, I think he would add more to the team than detract, which, you know, he's been out with an injury. So I, I think that the Heat are better with Tyler Hero. Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that. Mm. We move on. 
Alina Craig asks, who has made the largest impact in your decisions to choose this career path? What 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 career path are we talking? Like, just in general or like radio, sports? What are we talking about? Just what what's your dream career path and the person that gotcha. influenced that well, the most? I mean, currently, I'm kind of on a slated path to be a social media graphic designer type of uh, vibe. And I would say Kel Warren. She's a YouTuber who does freelance graphic design. I watched her uh, throughout high school to better myself and better my designer. So I would probably say her. Yeah, but for me, it's complicated. At first, it was going to be my dad because I wanted to be a mechanical engineer just like him. But now I'm kind of veering towards the path of sports broadcasting or just or just sports media in general. And for the broadcasting, it's got to be Penguins ra- former Penguins radio announcer Mike Lang. He would have all these catchphrases like, Get that dog off my lawn! Or... Get in the fast lane, Grandma. The bingo game is love, ready to roll. I, I would really love if end, Toad was an announcer. And at the <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building. The Penguins have won. There. Are you happy now, Logan Buchanan? I'm really happy. <laughs> so, I think we clipped that yeah, off Mike put Lang, it in the new SBT and thank you. Yeah, but yeah, Mike Lang and Gus Johnson, and then, a f- and I gotta give a special shout out to Tom Grouse. He is a YouTuber with. Nearly five hundred subscribe five hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. Please, please subscribe to him, Tom Grousey. He's a diehard Packers fan, but he supports every. But he covers every single team in the NFL. And but Grousey's hilarious. Be sure to check him out. Missing you mentioned uh, Gus Johnson there too. Legend. Yes, love him as a sports broadcaster. Oh, he made the catch. Touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he has. He's just one of the more energetic broadcasters that we have ever seen and yeah, heard. Absolutely. For my answer on this one, I think I might have told this story on air before, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell it again quickly. My high school freshman English teacher, Natalie Tannehill at Green High School, she was my favorite teacher throughout high school. I had her for language arts in freshman year. And come around to junior year, I see her name attached to a course called journalism. And I took that class because she was the teacher for no other reason, but because she was the teacher of that class. And she sparked this thing inside of me that, hey, I like journalism. I like broadcasting. I like the sports broadcasting media thing. And that's why I'm now here at the University of Akron at WZIP with now a degree in media studies. So I give a lot of credit to Mrs. Natalie Tannehill at Green High School for bringing me down this road of sports media. Next question, Kelly Craig. She asks, what is the best thing about being a part of WCIP? I think it's just the, I think it's just wanting to fulfill your passion and then meeting, meeting, just meeting other people with have the same interests as you and creating lifelong friendships and maybe and future projects that you would want to do in the future and that's that's why I joined WZIP because I want to fulfill my other passions in life and just do and just do what I want to do I'd have to say it's kind of like a spot on campus that's mine yeah like you know coming in if you if you aren't a part of an organization or even if you're part of a club but they don't really have a designated spot WZIP is our spot. We come up here, you know, maybe eat lunch, chill out, hang out. I yeah, mean, Jake, absolutely. how many times have we had uh, like 
fight night watches up here. It's just yeah. a place to be and to meet people with similar interests, like you said. It's just a nice little, like, that's my spot. That's my place on right. this campus. Yeah, I love the camaraderie up here. That's my answer as well. Just these friendships that you build. And, you know, there's that common phrase out there that you lose all your friends after high school. Mm-hmm. And that's I'm no stranger to that. Like, I lost a couple friends after high school that I wish I would have stayed connected to. But in college... If you're not involved at a place like WZIP, you kind of have the college experience, and then you're out of college, you get a job, and then your friends become your coworkers mm-hmm. in, right. in your future job, right? Well, with WZIP, and it, it's revolutionized, wow. There you go. My experience, Ooh. my college experience. Thank you, Logan. And it, I built these friendships that I have no doubt in my mind that will continue beyond my college days, which now I am an alumni, which... Again, is a very weird, weird realization say. to come to. <laughs> but, hey, I, it's it's the friendships, it's the camaraderie up here at WZIP that I I take the most pride in. I'll say that. Absolutely. Next question up here for Hot Mike Evan Wilson, E. Evan Wilson. Can the Lakers be the first team to ever come back from a three zero deficit? Uh, if there's any team that can do it, a team with LeBron James is pretty pretty good chances. But it's it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot. And I would honestly, I would be very, very shocked because, like I said, it's a less than 1% chance that they do. I got to say, if there's one player that can organize a comeback better than anyone, it's LeBron James. Yeah. But the thing is, with the Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and with how well Denver has been playing and the fact that they were able to steal a win in L.A., it just shows how powerful they are. I'm sorry, Evan Wilson. I just don't see. I just don't see anything can happen. Off. Though anything can happen. Right. I've seen crazier comebacks before, mm-hmm. but I'm just not sure I can see this going down in this postseason. I just don't. Can they become the first team to come back from a three-zero deficit? Yes. Will they become the first team to come back from a three-zero deficit? No. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I lie right now. Yeah. E. Willie also asks. If Boston loses to Miami, do they need to chip off Jalen Brown and or Jason Tatum for more financial flexibility or a different superstar? I this is what I've been saying. If if Tatum, you know, he can have as many good games he can have, he can have as many good stats as he can, but if he's not winning championships for this team and going on to his seventh year. What are we doing? Why is he still around? Yeah. Yeah. There a lot of athletes rarely stay with the team that they started on. And I think Jason Tatum might not be on that side of things if Boston continues to waste him because then he would want to go to a different team and play for a contender. And I think Jason and I think the light player most likely going to be gone would be Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. But it won't be long until Jason Tatum also says, and I like, Boston. I like both of them. I just don't right. like the fact that they're posed as superstars. When right, what have you done? What have you done to earn that title? Exactly. Because right now, Jason Tatum, because both of them have like what one finals appearance, and that's it. Yeah, and 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 and, and the thing with it is, you know, all star appearances, great. That's fine. Love the all star game. An all-star, because didn't Tatum win the MVP this year, all-star MVP? Yes. That's great. You won the MVP for the game where the players don't actually try that hard. Good job. (laughs) 
but you're not winning rings. And I'm not right. I, like I'm not a whole. You have to win rings to be like the best. But seven years on the same team and you're considered a superstar, but you haven't done anything for that team. Doesn't really help your case. I don't know. I just have a different definition of a superstar player. Like, I don't classify superstar status as what have you accomplished in your career. Mm. I more so classify a superstar based on their style of play. So, a guy who goes out there, the star player on their team, a guy that can go out there and score 30, 35 plus Mm -hmm. in a playoff game, and that game seven performance against the 76ers Mm -hmm. that Jason Tatum had, I think... Both of those guys can see, be Jalen Brown a little but, bit less so, but Jason Tatum certainly a superstar. See, in the I NBA. have a difference between star player and a superstar because every team has a star player. Every team does, but not sure. every team has a superstar. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with today's society. They don't focus on the. They don't focus on stats. They just look at players with rings. And right now, Jason Tatum, right now, and Jalen Brown, they both have zero. But right now, and. It won't be long until Jason, like I said before, Jason Tatum jumps, tries to jump ship and go to a contender. But and I want right now, Tatum to have, I want Tatum to be yeah. what he was. He was slated to be Kobe. He's not Kobe. He's not nowhere near it. Nowhere near. I don't care about his stats. I don't care about his All Star appearances or his All NBAs. It doesn't mean anything if you're not doing anything for the Celtics because the Celtics are in the same position they are when they drafted him. Interesting, man. <sighs> A lot of uh, Jason Tatum slander on SBT today. He he just needs something new, something different. Fair enough. Logan Congrove in Hot Mike says, Jake, let's give Alex Henry his flowers and talk about how awesome Cage Thunder 21 was. Nasty Nick Nash. Yes, last night at the Chaparral Center in Akron, Ohio, on Arlington Road, Cage Thunder 21 went down. Main event, two guys I know very well, Kyle Crum versus Nasty Nick Nash for the light heavyweight title for Cage Thunder. And you had the greatest MMA commentator in Ohio yeah. on commentary. Yeah, Alex Henry did a great job, as always. And Nasty Nick Nash, what a fight. Made it look somewhat easy. He was kind of caught in a submission in the first round, but didn't look too threatening. And then the second round, he got it done inside the distance. And Nasty Nick Nash, your new Cage Thunder light heavyweight champion. It was a very entertaining night at Cage Thunder 21. Lots of finishes as well. Bit of a shorter card than I'm used to, which I'm always for. I'm more for less fights, less matches, and more entertaining than let's load a card with a ton of fights or a ton of matches. It just it goes too long. That's mm-hmm. my opinion. But move on there. Jim Skelza, first-time question asker for Hot Mike, I believe, Ooh. has a couple of them here. When is the right time for the Guardians to panic? Don't panic. That is that is uh, I I don't like that word. I think yeah. the better question is when is it the right time for the Guardians to make a change? And that's right now. They should be looking at people to be replacing you know, maybe replace a catcher, maybe start putting in guys who should be pitching rather than our starting pitchers right now. And you know, we're not doing too too great, but we're not out of the game yet. So now is the time to start putting in these players to give them time and see what they do because it's either they shine or you're in the same position you were and we're still of those woes. Listen, people, for as much as I've been slandering the Guardians for keep for just winning one out of three in each of their series, calm down. We're desperate, not crazy. It's not time to push the panic button just yet because we still we still have a lot of talent. There's still plenty of time 
to right the ship, especially in one of the in, especially in the worst division in all baseball. There's still plenty of time for the Guardians to try to make things right. Yeah, that's a good point, and I think it is time right now for the Guardians to make changes and mm-hmm. consider those changes, like right. you said, Logan. But I don't think it's time for the Guardians to panic. No, make those changes, see how they work, adapt to the effects of those changes, and then go from there. You're at a point right now in the season where it's still very early on. You play 162 games, and you have a team like the Padres in the National League who are one of the favorites to win the World Series this year and represent the NL in the World Series. And they have a very similar record to the Guardians right Mm -hmm. now. And you look at the Padres lineup, and it's like... Wow. Any, that's the thing about sports is anything can happen. And if we make these changes now, we're better suited for those late, later games and maybe possibly World Series games. But you have to make those changes now yeah. in the early season. See how it goes. Fit your team. Get it more equated. Yeah. Well yeah. said. Next question. Are the Browns really a 9-8 and eight team at best? No. Because if you listened last week, I predicted they were 11 and I believe 6. 11-6. Yep. I'm very hopeful. That is very hopeful. And as a Browns fan, it's kind of scary to say those numbers. But I don't think they're a 9-8 and eight team at best. Yeah, at best, I think 11-6. and six. Yeah. Mm, on paper, I see 11. At paper, I can see 11-6. and six, But in terms of on the field, I can see like around 8-9. and nine, If I'm being completely honest. Because this is the Cleveland Browns still that we're talking about. But you guys... You guys do well in trying to get talent, but the different. But the question is, does it pan out on the field like you would say throughout the whole entire season? Because you guys got 17 games to play, and do you guys do it? I'm not sure. And Casey only says that because at best the Steelers are going to go one and sixteen, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're being a little hopeful over there, Jake. I was thinking zero and seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> that, that might be more like it. There it is. You wish. You wish. <laughs> that might be more like it, Logan. Thank you. Two more questions for out, Mike. Jim asks: Are Donovan's Donovan Mitchell here? Are his recent comments about his love for New York troublesome to his future as a Cleveland Cavalier? Not at all his hometown. He's going to have love for yeah. his hometown. Yeah. It's not like he was saying, man, I love the Knicks. I just The way they play basketball, I love the Knicks. No. It's, it's different. Yeah, social media just needs to calm down. Like, anyone with a pulse can just look up where Donovan Mitchell came from, and it does say, and does say he's New York, born mm-hmm. and raised. Of course he's going to promote his hometown. He's just... People are just going to slander him because he's playing for the other team. Yeah. And it's just not fair. No. I mean, just because just cause I say, I love Barberton. That's my hometown. Not, I don't hate Akron. Why Why does that equate? I don't think. I, I think it's overreacting. I think it's an overreaction as well. And, like, for me, I love the entire state of Ohio, really. Mm-hmm. And if I go work in Vegas or wherever, mm-hmm. you know, as an example – and I profess my love for Cleveland or Akron or the state of Ohio in general, why does that rub anywhere else the wrong way? I don't really get it. Yeah. I don't understand that at all. And Donovan Mitchell, too. I mean, it it certainly hurt on Friday night when the Guardians lost to the Mets to see Donovan Mitchell tweeting up a storm about how good Pete Alonso is. Like, that was not great to see on social media, but something good about Twitter, and there's not many nowadays. One of his likes from this person, Red Like Roses, 
said, just so you know, those of us that aren't stupid know you don't secretly hate Cleveland. Don't mind the weirdos <laughs> at Spite Ad Mitchell. Right. Like, Donovan Mitchell's liking that tweet. So we know that he doesn't hate Cleveland. He, he came into Cleveland. He, his first step into Cleveland, he was donned in, like, all of the sports gear. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> he doesn't hate Cleveland. He went to Guardians games. Yes. and right. I think... Yeah, he went to a Browns game too. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah, so of course. Yeah, it, he's he's fine. He's he, fine. Let's not He's doing what sense. any good. He's doing what any good sports star would do. He would go. He, he would try to get familiar with the city he's going to be playing in. It's that plain and simple. Mm-hmm. But now, is he the guy for the that's going to bring the Cavs to a potential another NBA championship? That's a different conversation. But does right. he remain loyal to the city of Cleveland? I think yes, that he does. is a majority yes here on SPT. Last question of today's Hot Mike Jim. You ask, are pro sports seasons too long or should they be shortened? Pros versus cons on this one. Oh, man, that's a hard question. because yeah. I like the length. Here's the thing. I like the length of the seasons. But I think there could be less games. That's what I, I think there, sh- there may be an argument for. Uh, give the players more rest. And, you know, do we really, like in baseball, for say, do we really need that many games? Or can we spread those games out a little bit? It's I mean, honestly, I think the COVID year in baseball was one of the most entertaining seasons of baseball that I've ever watched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Only having that many games in a season, every single game, every single series mattered. Mm-hmm. And right now we're on what game thirty or so, and we're still saying there's a chance, right? Because yeah. and I I love the game of baseball for all of its nuances and the ability to change and adapt your team and roster throughout a season, and that's essential for a team like the Cleveland Guardians. Look at last year's opening day lineup, mm-hmm. and then look at last year's final lineup mm-hmm. against the New York Yankees New York Yankees when we got out of the playoffs like <laughs> yeah. those two lineups very very different yeah, yeah you can't are. have that with a shortened season so mm. I, I like mm-hmm. the MLB season as is maybe get rid of like 20 or so games tops yeah I've always been a proponent for shortening the NBA season honestly giving those guys more rest we see too many injuries That's I want five thing. game first round series in the playoffs and then yeah, I'm fine with I mean they the NFL, used to do that the NFL, I'm fine with. I'm fine with 17 games. Yeah, Even though I yeah. hate the odd number, I really like 16. Mm-hmm. Maybe throw in another bye week. I would do that. Yeah, that makes sense. And then sure. give each team two bye weeks. That's what I would do. Honestly, I think the I think the length of the seasons in each league are fine the way they are. Just don't just don't tell them. Just don't tell anyone in the headquarters of each league because they're just going to expand the season, and we all know the reason why. All the moolah. That's all they want. Yeah, that's all they care about. Well said there, Casey. That's going to do it for Hot Mike, guys. An entire segment on today's show dedicated to to your questions. And don't forget, every single week here on 88.1 at WZIP, Sports Power Talk, Sundays, 11 to 1. You know the gig, but we answer your questions from Hot Mike on Twitter at WZIP Sports. So if you want to get involved, you want to get your name shout out on air and your answers answered, or your questions (laughs) answered, excuse me, questions answered on these airwaves Just go over to our Twitter page every single week. Ask your questions. Leave them there for us, and we will answer them in a very fun and entertaining segment every single week here on Sports Power Talk. When we come back from our final break on today's show, finally, it's time for some baseball conversations. Uh, MLB Player of the Week, some division leaders, and 
some questions that must be asked about our Cleveland Guardians. You're not going to want to miss it. It all happens next on Sports Power Talk. Sports Power Talk is back in your life. Final segment of today's show, live from the University of Akron. You already know the best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie. My name is Jake Murn, the host of your show. And today I'm joined by Casey Rush. Hey, Casey Rush is on one today, y'all. Yeah. Hey, Jake. Hey, Jake Murner Goat, you mentioned it on Twitter. I sounded like Tote when I was talking about Celtics fans. I just had to give it to you. It does sound a lot like Tote. It is. It's kind of scary. Yeah, it does. It does. I'm it's sorry. not scary to me. It's funny to me. It scared me. I, did you not see me jump just then? <laughs> I know. I came down in my notes. And... and that voice you also hear on today's show, the better of our two Logans, even though I'm, I've gotten into a couple fights today on today's show with this other Logan. It's Logan Buchanan. Yeah, listen, man. I don't stand for the disrespect on, on teams that don't deserve it. <laughs> Fair enough. We can disrespect the Steelers all day long, but not... Love it. Not, yeah, and I'll, listen, and I'll gladly listen to it, but just know... I'm going to breathe fire. I'm going right. to breathe fire. As Toad. Toad breathing fire. Toad got the, what's it called? The f- the fire flower, whatever thing is. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. No, keep describing yeah, it. Keep going. Keep going. Like, the, the, the power-up for Mario, when he picks up the flower that yeah, looks know. like a fire, he picks that up, and then he throws fireballs. You know... You know we don't have to talk oh, about baseball. On. You could just talk. We could just talk about Mario all day long. Like, like, it what, was just as strongly proved my case. <laughs> I'm not entertaining you anymore. I'm not entertaining <laughs> any more listeners that want to make a fool out of me. Okay. <laughs> you know what? It's a sunflower. Yes, we know what it is, Jake. We know what's it called. What's it actually? It's a called? Fire, flower. fire flower. We know what it's called. That's all I was looking for. You could have said that and saved us this entire thing. <laughs> no, it was really funny. Whatever. It was really funny. The MLB. Huh. It's going on right now, in case you didn't know. And also, Sports Power Talk, yeah. we do this thing every single week yeah, we where we do MLB Player of the Week. If you don't know what that is, it's we where know. each of us picks one MLB player to feature for Player of the Week, regardless of position, and could be for accomplishments both on or off the field. Logan Buchanan, I'll go to you on this one first. Yeah, mine's a real simple one. Uh, I didn't get to watch a lot of games this week, but the one that I did catch, I'm really glad I did. It was the 16-8 and win that the Cardinals had. Mm-hmm. And uh, my pick is going to be uh, Wilson Contreras. I think I said that name right. Wilson Contreras, yeah. Uh, on the Cardinals, who hit two homers in that game to send home a lot of runs. It's, I mean, you can't ask for anything more from a player. Yeah, the Cardinals hit seven home runs in that game. It's to crazy. put that into perspective, the Cleveland Guardians have hit nine home runs in the entire month of May. Yeah, that is insane. That's a very sad statistic there. And yeah, I was very happy because Wilson Contreras is my starting catcher on my fantasy baseball oh, team. Oh, there you so go. Nice. Got me some very uh, a good amount of points. Baseball is hard. I can't it's get so into much it. Fun. Listen, Casey, player of the week. Listen, I hate mentioning this name, but then again, I don't want to put Aaron Judge out there as my player of the week, but. I got to say Pete Alonso from the New York Mets because because during two games this season he has shown during two games this week he has shown up as well he during a game against I think the it was between the Mets and the what was the first game the Mets versus the Dodgers, Dodgers. no no that was, that was Cardinals and Dodgers what was the yeah, it was Cardinals Dodgers Mets race Mets and race. Tampa Bay race well, Pete Alonso in the bottom of the tenth, he hit that three-run walk-off home run, and then 
unfortunately, against the Cleveland Guardians, he hit the game-tying Grand Slam, and then the Mets would eventually win once again in 10 innings. Pete Alonso has just shown up for the Mets this week, and I have to acknowledge him, sadly. Yeah. I d- yeah, not a bad shot there either. Uh, a clutch player, any way you look at it. My player of the week, Casey, you didn't want to say his name, but I will. It's Aaron Judge. Thanks of for taking the heat. The New York Thanks Yankees. for taking the heat for me. Yet seven home runs in a seven game stretch starting last week. His last seven games. Batting average, 444, five home runs, 12 RBIs. This season, he's batting just under 300, literally at 299. He went four for four yesterday, 13 home runs on the year, 32 RBIs on the year. And he's been out for a good stretch of the year as well with Mm -hmm. an injury. So, of course, Pete Alonso might be your home run leader so far to start the season. Aaron Judge with 13, missing some time this year. He deserves to be in that debate mm-hmm. as well. Of course, what he did last year, Aaron Judge is my player of the week, unfortunately, this week. And let's stick with Aaron Judge and these New York Yankees because there is a lot of controversy surrounding this team right uh. now. Aaron Judge, first of all, stealing signs. Last Monday's game against Toronto, Aaron Judge glanced to his right during an at-bat before hitting a home run. This got a lot of baseball fans stirring around, seeing if he's actually stealing signs here. Well, Blue Jays pitcher Jay Jackson admitted to tipping pitches that night as he would raise his hands up to his head prior to each pitch, allowing the New York Yankees first base coach to see his grip on the baseball. And funny enough, Jay Jackson has been sent to the minors since that incident went down on Monday night. I see way more validation out of that story with Jay Jackson than I do on the story that Yankee haters are trying to create that Aaron Judge is stealing signs. What do you guys think? Here's the thing. I'm not even... I don't mind sign stealing. I really don't. Right. If you are paying attention, if you're smart, if you're a smart ball player, you should be, one, studying the team you're about to face before the game and studying them while you're playing the game. And if you catch up on that stuff, I honestly think you should kind of be a little praised. Like, you're catching up on that stuff. Good on you. You deserve that little bit of an advantage. I don't see it as a controversy, personally. Yeah. Listen, sign stealing is nothing new, as we all know. We saw it with the Astros in 2017, but of course the 2018 Boston Red Sox, the best team that year, they were also caught stealing signs using Apple Watches. The Yankees would also get busted for the same thing the year prior. So, and I'll give Jay Jackson this. I'll give him credit for admitting that he did tip his pitches, and the bad thing is it happened right in front of the Yankees' first base coach. If you don't want the other team to know your pitches, just don't make it obvious. That's all I ask. Yeah, that's a very good point as well. So we'll leave that part of the Yankees drama there. Other parts are way more interesting, though. Mm-hmm. And this is where this Yankees cheating conspiracy really has some validation behind it. So let's get yeah. into it. Domingo Herman, starting pitcher for the New York Yankees, was ejected from a game that he started last Tuesday after a foreign substance check. And the umpire not only ejected him, but was quoted after the game saying that they were the stickiest hands he's ever felt. Mm-hmm. Herman since suspended for 10 games. And then on a game on Friday night, starting pitcher for the New York Yankees, Clark Schmidt 
pitch that game. He was forced to wash his hands between innings after a substance check. Reds manager David Bell got ejected after questioning why Schmidt wasn't ejected. Schmidt pitched one more full inning and then left the following inning after giving up two earned runs after having to wash his hands. Is there something sticky going on over there, pun intended, with the New York Yankees organization and their pitchers? Good. Good. Suspend them. And you know what? After he comes back, if he pitches, you need to check his hands every inning. Don't care. <laughs> Don't care. If you are caught cheating, that's the thing. The difference between, you know, the big controversy about sign stealing is that's mental advantage. This is a physical advantage that you are putting onto yourself. And for the ump to say that's the stickiest hands he's ever had, that's saying something. He, ne- I, I would have, I honestly would have suspended him a little bit more than ten days. I think that's a little bit of a slap on the wrist. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But the difference between Schmidt and Jermaine, the thing is, Brian, o, the umpire during Schmidt's game, Brian O'Hara, he said it looked tacky, but it wasn't sticky and it didn't look foreign. So that's why Schmidt was allowed to stay in. But Jermaine's, but Jermaine's substance was. And they said it was Rosen. How much Rosen did you use to get it all sticky? And and the umpire, James Hoy, said it didn't, it wasn't even Rosen. And he said his ba- fingers barely came off the palm. That's how sticky that substance was. And they're not going to say what it is, but your, but your man, hopefully he never uses it again. And the thing is, he did apologize for that action, by the way. Yeah, that he did. And another interesting stat for Clark Schmidt's case here that I want to bring up before we move on. The percent of Schmidt's curves and sweepers spinning at 300 or 3,000 RPMs or faster this season. Okay, keep that in mind. 3,000 RPMs or faster, the percent of his curves and sweepers this year. On May 3rd, it was only 10% of those pitches. Mm-hmm. On May 9th, 20%. On May 14th, 48%. And then on last Friday when he was, you know, checked his hands, had to wash his hands, all that, it was at 69%. So from May 3rd to just this past Friday, May 19th, the percent of his curves and sweepers spinning at 3,000 RPMs or faster have gone from 10% to 69%. That is a dramatic change in such a short amount of time. Very dramatic. And I feel like you have to question that a lot here. And then for him not to get ejected, but for the Reds manager to get ejected, like something doesn't compute here. This guy is pitching with potentially a foreign substance, with sticky hands, having to wash his hands, yet the other team's manager is the one ejected from the game. Certainly something to keep an eye on if you're umpires and just MLB fans in general to see what's going on with the Yankees organization and the sticky stuff that just happens to be on some of their pitchers' hands lately. Well, the one thing you obviously can't do to umpires is complain about Anything you can't you can't argue balls and strikes and you certainly can't argue foreign substances. Yeah, that no, you can't. It's unfortunate. Let's predict some division winners quickly here, guys. Before we yes. get into the Cleveland Guardians, the NL East. I think this one is a pretty easy one. Ronald Acuna Jr. is the NL MVP so far. Spencer Strider is the NL Cy Young so far. Are we all in agreement that the Atlanta Braves have the advantage moving forward in the NL East? Absolutely. Maybe. I, 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 Interesting. I, I, Who do you I, have? I was kind of thinking the Marlins might be able to bring it back a little mm, bit. Marlins, yeah. wow. I, I doubt the Marlins are going to be competitive down the stretch. I could see the Mets or Phillies somewhat getting back into the groove of things. They've had disappointing yeah. seasons so far, but 
I think it's the Braves' division to lose. Interesting there, Logan. Yeah. yeah. Giving the Marlins yeah, some credit. Give them a little, give them a little Marlin right. credit. You, Fair you're enough. just deviating. I can see it. Yeah. Well, the NL West. Logan, I'll, I'll go to you first on this one. Uh, I'm not on my notes right now. Uh, I have the LA Dodgers. I think they're going to remain on top. As much as I don't want to say it, it's going to be the Dodgers. Yeah, in the long run, the Padres are truly their only competition, but they currently sit fourth in the division. Mm-hmm. Again, kind of like the Guardians. I, I mean, the Padres definitely had a higher ceiling than the Guardians did going into this season. Don't get me wrong. But in terms of two teams both having disappointing starts of the year, yeah, you can compare the Padres and Guardians to that extent. But yeah, the LA Dodgers, mm-hmm. number one in the NL West. Last right. NL division here, the NL Central I have a hot take here, but I want to hear from you guys first. Uh, I got Pittsburgh Pirates. I think their season started off strong. They kind of dipped a little bit. I think I think it was just a tiny dip. I think they may be able to bring it back. I never thought I would hear I the I day a, that I, the Pittsburgh Pirates would win the NL Central. I, I had never thought. But honestly, I think it's going to be the Milwaukee Brewers because mm. I think they're because they're I think they're more consistent than the Pirates, but. Yeah, it, it feel like Milwaukee's the more safe pick here. Give me the St. Louis Cardinals Ooh. to rally back from wow. a miserable start okay. to the year. They were last in the NL Central for a long time. Now they are fourth just ahead of the Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. They're 7-3 in their last 10 games, the Cardinals are. And the Nolans have come to life on this team. And Nolan Arenado, Nolan Gorman, they are crushing baseballs right now. Pitching, of course, is still a huge concern. But they have the best roster on paper in the NL Central. I'm betting on that roster on paper to figure it out on the field moving forward for that division. We go to the AL East. The Tampa Bay Rays are the best team in baseball right now, record-wise. Are they going to be the best team in baseball moving forward in order to claim one of the best divisions in all of baseball? Listen, objects in the mirror appear closer than they appear. And right now, that object is Baltimore. I think Baltimore, I think oh. the Orioles have a chance. Jake Moore and the GOAT, I got you, man. <laughs> You know, I'm going to have to go with the Blue Jays. No, I'm joking. It's the Rays. I really don't think, think I don't think anyone's going to be able to topple them. They've just really shown this season that they're here to play not only good baseball, but competitive, dominating baseball. Yeah, they're playing great baseball right now. And I could see the Yankees, you know, they're always, they're always buyers at the trade deadline sort of going to improve their team as the season goes on. And if they have a meteoric rise later in the year and then the Rays have just a dramatic downfall, I could see the Yankees coming back for that division, but I have the Tampa Bay Rays winning the AL East this season, which is crazy because before the season even started, I said that the Tampa Rays were going Tampa Bay Rays were going to finish last in the AL East. Mm-hmm. And now look at them now. They are Any- well atop the division and likely going to win it. Anyone but the Yankees. That's all I ask. <laughs> of course. The AL West, are we all in agreement who's Astros here? Oh, I can't say Houston Astros. I mean, Why it hurts not? to say, but that's I, where I'm going. I can't. I can't. What is, I want to hear what I, Logan has to say. I say the Angels. Uh, really? I, I, you know... The, the Rangers are number one right now. But Yeah, the yeah, Rangers are. I mean, good for them. <laughs> I, You know, the sports analyst in me should say Astros because... I do think they may take it, but I just I'm not a huge fan of the Astros and how they play ball, so I kind of just bias picked the Angels there. All right, fair enough. Casey. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the Astros either, but at this point, they're starting to get hot at the 
it's starting to get hot at the right times and and right now the, the Rangers yeah I don't trust them to hold a division lead now with everything they've done these last decade I I'm I see Houston taking this yeah as do I they just got Jose Altuve back and when it comes to the Rangers they do lead the division right now but I don't expect them and Adolis Garcia especially to stay hot all season long and of course the last division our very own Cleveland Guardians in the AL Central <sighs> Wins lead it. Detroit is right there in second. And then the the Guardians fall in third in the AL Central right now. Do the Guardians make a run here? I mean, we're only a quarter, more than a, a little bit more than a quarter of the way into the year. Do the Guardians make a run? Like I said, Guardians, keep. You need to win more than one game out of a three-game series. Right now, you haven't convinced me that you can. I'm going to stick with the current leaders of the division, Minnesota. Until the Guardians prove me wrong, I'm sticking with Minnesota and I'm picking against the I'm picking against the Guardians. I don't want to do it, but I have to do what's right. We're gonna hear it at the end of the season. It's going to be your division leaders of the AL Central, the Cleveland Guardians. We're not it leading the division be. right now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Guardians all the way. If they can make the changes now that uh, we have talked about uh, over the past couple of weeks. If they can make these changes, implement them now, they have a real shot of dethroning uh, the Twins and possibly the Tigers if they go up even farther. Yeah, I agree with you, Logan. The Guardians, they always start slow mm-hmm. and come on strong later in the season. And if you look at last year, last year the Guardians won the AL Central. We all know this, mm-hmm. but they also yeah. started the year miserably. Exactly. Yeah, And they're exactly. doing the same this year. Injuries to McKenzie and Savali don't help anything, but Tanner Bybee and Logan Allen have been pleasant surprises. Mm-hmm. You fix the catcher, you fix you fix the right field, you make some changes and see how those work and make adjustments based on those changes, like I said last segment, and you have something to work with, something to contend with in the AL Central. And the million-dollar question is, are the Guardians going to be smart enough to make all those changes? That's, well, so. that's a good point, and with that, I will say that I trust Terry Francona to make those moves. Mm-hmm. And he's made a lot of questionable decisions this year. Putting James Karinczak in a high-leverage situation, <laughs> if I see that one more time, I'm going to drive to progressive field myself, <laughs> stomp on home plate, and scream at whoever I need to scream at to get James Karinczak off the Cleveland Guardians' roster, okay? I wasn't even planning on going on this little James Karinczak random going on right now, but he was the one who gave up that grand slam to Pete Alonso on Friday yeah. night. Hey, hey, Guardians, can I get can I get footage of that field when Jake Burns on home plate, please? Yeah. Well, and while you're at it, it's going to be on the news. And while, you're, you're, in, in jail, you know? and while you're at it, can you can you get footage of him stealing Tito's scooter? Because you know that's going to happen. Anyways, but... That's what I should have said. Yeah. But then... It, that again, James Karinchek was put in that position because Sam Henches was the one. Yeah, he didn't have a good night. He didn't have a good night lines. either. But James Karinchek has time and time again, and literally, I true story. I was in the car driving home, and I get the notification on my watch saying Pete Alonso hit a grand slam. The game is now tied seven to seven. I'm like, it was off James Karinchek, wasn't it? I sure was, enough, I check when I get home, go on my MLB app, boom, 
James Karinczak gave up the Grand Slam to Pete Alonso. How did I know? Because James Karinczak is the worst bullpen pitcher that the Cleveland Guardians have right now, and maybe ever. If there's, He's terrible. If there's two pitchers on this roster that will let you down 100% of the time, it's Karinczak and Zach Plesic. That's all I'm going to say. Well, but Zach Plesak is out of our lives now. He's down in the minors. So. Yeah, he's down in the minors, but please don't call him back. Please don't call him back, Guardians. Please don't call him back. Let him stay down there. Let him stay down there. Let's talk about the Guardians and their lineup right now, and unfortunately, their catcher's position. It was the story of last year. We had Austin Hedges. We had Luke Maley, but not real... Not a, not a ton of offensive production from the catchers last year, and somehow this year it has gotten even worse with the tandem of Mike, Zuzin, Mike Zunino and Cam Gallagher. Catchers this month in the month of May, they are 4-55 and 55 with 28 strikeouts and zero, a big fat zero extra base hits in the month of May. Guys, what are we doing here? With the catcher situation. Well, I love what the Guardians did today. Calling up Bo Naylor. Yep. My thing is, I, don't, I just don't know if it's going to be permanent. Because they called him yeah. up for the 27th player for today's doubleheader. So they brought him up to fill that slot because you're allowed to bring a guy up without making a corresponding move by sending another guy down. So after today's doubleheader, is Bo Naylor going to be a Columbus Clipper again? That's the thing. Hopefully not. That's, but, that's the thing. Yeah. Is... You have him right now. Put him in. Let him get some play time. And, and Zunino, Zunino is pitch or is catching today in game one at least. So he's not even going to play in game one unless he's a pinch hitter. Of course, that could happen. I can mainly see Bo Naylor right now as a experiment. Right now, Mike Zunino. Yeah, he kind of did have a good start, but then he just well, collapsed in the month of May. Well, this yeah, is the did. thing: is we acquired him for his offense, and he's done nothing. Right? N- uh, not nothing, but like. No, not it, what it's we need. Nothing. Like we need, we need on base. And uh, what was your stat? Zero, zero. He had zero the, hits. Zero, no, zero extra base extra hits base in hits. the month of May for our Guardians catchers. But another thing here, like Mike Zuzi, Mike Zunino. I always want to say Zuzino. Yeah, it's Zunino. Sorry for always messing up that name, but Zunino in twenty eight games started. Like his only redeeming quality is his. Management of the pitching staff. That's the only thing he's good at. He's good at managing pitchers, which is a huge part of being a catcher for a team. Totally understand that. You good for more. him. But he's but not a good defensive have? catcher, and he's certainly not a good offensive catcher, mm-hmm. and that's shown so far. So, and, and in 28 games started, where I was going, 4.82 runs allowed per game. So is he actually that good at like managing the pitching staff? And yeah. You, you mm-hmm. can question that. The Guardians have an 11-17 and 17 record when he's the starting catcher. And Mike Zunino, 46.9% strikeout rate. Half the time he steps up to the dish, he's striking out. In Mm -hmm. May, he's had 27 at-bats in the month of May. He has not recorded a hit in the month of May. And he has struck out 21 of those 27 times. If you're brought in for offense and you're not providing it, what are we doing with you? It's gotten to the point where people on Twitter are, ask, are actually saying, ah, I missed Austin Hedges. Like, it's gotten to that point. Because at least mm-hmm. Austin Hedges gives you a good hit once in a blue moon. Mike Zunino, I see none. I haven't seen Mike Zunino on the score sheet. Not once. Yeah. It's a tough reality that the Guardians live in right now with their catching situation. Is it Bo Naylor time? 
Yeah. He's called up right now. We'll, we'll see if he stays. He's batting two fifty seven, has nine home runs and thirty two RBIs for Triple A Columbus. His brother, Josh Naylor, leads the Guardians in home runs this season with seven. So Bo Naylor hitting more than that in the minors with nine, of course, easier competition, but still something to be amazed by. Yeah. Is he prepared to take on the duties of an everyday catcher? Certainly that's still in question, mm-hmm. but I would love to see some Bo Naylor play on the field today. I want to close out today's show with one more conversation as it pertains to the Cleveland Guardians. I've been teasing it all show long. It does a certain Guardian deserve to be traded. Is this, is this potentially his last year as a Cleveland Guardian? It's a talk around town. If you're a loyal Guardians follower like I am, you probably know this name without me even saying it, but it is our very own ace, Shane Bieber. Is this his last year with Cleveland, and should it be his last year with Cleveland? It should be, 100%. He has allowed 21 runs so far this season. Six of those, homers. I, like... Something needs to change, and whether that's maybe stepping him down, you know, not putting him up as a starter as much, or just getting him out of Cleveland and putting someone else in his position, get a younger guy in there, so that way we can mold him and mold some of our other positions around him as a pitcher. But I don't know, man. I I think his time may have come. Yeah, I can very well see the end of Shane Bieber in Cleveland right now. Because right now, he's in the middle of some of his worst pitching in his career right now. And he could demand a trade real soon. As much as I hate to see him go, we're currently in the clutches of mediocrity. And Bieber is just not getting any better. I would like to see him just go down to Columbus. But I think the trade is the most likely option. Yeah, I mean, he's still pitching to the quality of an ace. Like, he's still our number one guy. But I would rather get something and something being power hitters in exchange for him rather than letting him walk this offseason or next offseason. He's losing command of his slider, and that yep. slider curve punch that he had in prior seasons is just not mm-hmm. there anymore. And we still have other guys to replace him. We have McKenzie and Savali. When those guys get back, and then Quantrill, Allen, and Bybee, I think that's a pretty solid rotation. And you get some power hitters, which we're re- really struggling with right now. I think that might be the balance moving forward. And it hurts me to say because I love me some Shane Bieber. But is he the option moving forward with Cleveland? All of us agree that he might not be. It's going to be a tough reality moving forward for Cleveland Guardians fans if Shane Bieber is not on our squad. But that's going to do it for the May 21st edition of Sports Power Talk. We talked extensively about the NBA playoffs, really about the NBA, or really about the Miami Heat more than anything. <laughs> also, we just wrapped up our hour full of hot mic questions and MLB conversations as well. Any last thoughts on today's show, guys? No, just stop the disrespect. <laughs> yeah, stop the disrespect or I'm going to send Bowser on to you, Jake Martin. Let's be real. My last thought for today's show, get James Karinczak as far away from the Cleveland Guardians organization as possible before I lose my mind. That's all. <laughs> Hurry up. Call up Gavin Williams from Columbus. Final no. show at WZIP. I'm still trying to organize pieces and parts of the show, but I promise It's one that you won't want to miss. Emotions are certainly going to be at an all-time high as well. Until then, you know what to do, though. Follow us on Twitter at WZIP Sports if you haven't already. And don't forget to check out SPT Overtime and SPT Rewind on all your favorite podcast platforms. Joining me on today's show were 
I'm Casey Rush. Logan Buchanan. My name is Jake Murrin. Thanks for tuning in to yet another edition of Sports Power Talk. Be kind to one another, Akron. And I'll take part in this only one more time. Same time and place next week on 88.1 WZIP.